The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. It's good to be here with you this morning. I bring greetings from my wife, Pastor Jan, and all of the Haggerty clan from Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, we, Pastor Jan and I were here with you guys uh, in October, no, November of last year, and uh, she certainly wanted to be with me this morning uh, as I got to come up, but uh, she's holding down the fort. In fact, she's preaching this morning, and I've got friends that watch our services online from other states, and they're texting me, dude, your wife is bringing it this morning. So, uh, uh, so I know that the, the church was left in great hands. Uh, uh, it, our church's name is Breath of Life Church in Flagstaff, uh, Arizona. Uh, just share real quick before I get into the message this morning. Uh, we have some, we call these touch cards, and it has our, our mission to be a reaching, restoring, and reviving church. It has our website, our Twitter uh, account. Uh, we're on Facebook. And so uh, I, I only have three of these, but I'm going to leave them out in the uh, uh, foyer on the, on the information desk. Uh, if you it, Leave one here, but if some of you want to pick a couple of these up and remember us in prayer, it would be awesome. And even if you don't have one of these, just remember Breath of Life Church and Flagstaff uh, Arizona. Uh, we were the church for 54 years in Arizona was First Assembly of God in Flagstaff. And uh, the church was uh, at one point in its history, 250 members running 300 on Sunday morning. Um, all the, if you want to use the term bells and whistles, children's ministry, Royal Rangers, missionettes, uh, youth ministry, drama, cantatas, Easter musicals, everything. Uh, and in through a, a series of unfortunate events, when Pastor Jan and I got there two years ago, over two years now, uh, there were 30 people. But it was 30 hungry people. 30 people who were hungry for a move of God, hungry for the Spirit of the Lord to move. And uh, in two years, uh, you know, I would love to tell you that in two years we've, you know, quadrupled or, you know, five times that. But in two years' time, we're averaging about 75 on Sunday morning. Uh, we have a Sunday night service, which they didn't have. We have early morning prayer, 5.30 to 6.30. Uh, just as of about three weeks ago, we started broadcasting our services on the Internet. Uh, God, is, God is doing something in Flagstaff, and, and I'm so thankful, and I, I appreciate you guys covering us in prayer. This is home. Uh, when I got off the plane the other, the other night and stepped out of the airport and just went, Ah, Alaska. Uh, God called us here in, in 1995 and 1998. It took three years for us to get here. In 1998, we came to Alaska, uh, left Memphis, Tennessee, never having been to Alaska, moved to Bethel, Alaska. Um, and we were there. Uh, we were there for two years uh, ministering and, uh, and just uh, seeing God do a lot of great things. And our, our, really our love for the state got birthed right there in Bethel. And uh, we uh, continued ministering in, in Alaska for uh, 15 years, uh, came on staff here as Pastor Karen was sharing, became part of the KC family, and uh, just, just, I've been so thankful that all God has done, the journey he's had us on, and continue just to follow hard after him. Uh, but uh, covet your prayers for Breath of Life Church in Flagstaff, uh, Arizona, and uh, we need workers. Uh, we need, uh, now the Haggerty's, you know, we've got, Jan and I have seven kids, two grandkids, uh, not all of them are uh, at the house anymore. Uh, some of them have, have, you know, Zach's 27 now. Uh, Hope is 22. Bo will be 18 in, uh, in 12 days. 
Uh, so uh, yeah, that and then, of course Eric is now 14, Maylie's 13, and John's 11. So uh, so there's a lot of them to help us, but there's a lot to be done because we're trying to get a city saved and a region of Arizona just on fire for God. So pray for us. Pray that God will send us the the right workers and the right people. I, I will share this testimony. We've been praying for for young families, uh, families with children to to come in. Uh, for years they didn't have nursery workers because they didn't need nursery workers. Uh, but in the last year, uh, we've had um, four families that have come in. They've got young children. They've joined the church. They're behind what's going on. They want to see a move of God in Flagstaff. And, and I'm like, Lord, that's, that, just send more. Uh, but he's sending Baptists who are hungry for God, who don't know what to do with this crazy, anointed, Holy Ghost fire preacher. One of the, one of the families, he's Catholic. And uh, after, after coming about three Sundays, uh, he, he came up to me and he said, you know, he said, there's just something about this place. He said, I'm not so sure about you, but there's something about this place. He said, you take some getting used to because I don't stay behind the pulpit and I, I'm high energy and, and I just love to go after the things of God. Uh, but God is bringing the people in and we're expecting a revival. Uh, just uh, and, and one thing in the history of the state of Arizona, there's never been a Holy Ghost Pentecostal on fire revival move of God, sovereign move of God in the entire state. Now, you might say, well, I thought Tommy Barnett and Phoenix First Assembly. It's a huge church, and they're doing great things. But I'm talking about Azusa Street. Nobody wants to leave the power of God, miracle signs and wonders. Well, I'm believing that for my city. So I'm asking you to pray uh, for us. But it is, it is so good to be here with you this morning. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to read a couple of passages, and then we're going to look in the book of Isaiah. Uh, I, I told the congregation that was here at, at the 8 o'clock service, I said, I'm going to kind of stay with the same theme all three of these services, but if, you, if, you know, if you're not doing anything, and I'll tell you the same thing, if you're not doing anything after this service, stay for the noon service, because you'll hear a little bit of the same thing, but you'll hear something different. And I, I encourage you to come back tonight at 6 o'clock, because we're gonna, I'm going to bring the word tonight, and I'm going to believe for miracles, miracles of healing, miracles of deliverance. If, if you need a miracle, a, a physical miracle in your life, if you need something uh, to just be healed and changed, then you come tonight expecting, but don't be surprised if God doesn't do it this morning. Amen? All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 16, Paul says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are waiting, excuse me, wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Father, I ask that you, in this time that we have this morning, Holy Spirit, you take your word and you cause it to become alive in us. Change us. We need an encounter with you, Holy Spirit, like never before. We give you praise, Lord, in your name. Amen. I shared with the, with the congregation in the first service, share the same thing with you. God is up to something. 
He's up to something in my life. He's up to something in your life. He's up to something in this congregation, in this church, in this city. He's up to something in Arizona. God's up to something all around the world. God, God by his spirit is moving. God wants you to know in this section this morning that God is up to something in your life, even if you can't see it. He wants everybody in this section to know if you're facing some of the worst storms of your life, if something's going on and you have no clue why it's coming against you, you're not sure you're going to be able to overcome it. Can I tell you, God is up to something even in the midst of that storm. For this this section right here, can I tell you that the victories that God has given you, the, the testimonies that you could stand this morning and share of God's faithfulness and God's goodness, he's done that so that the things that are coming your way, you can stand firm in your faith and say, I know whom I have believed in, that he is able because God is up to something. And all of you in this section over here, can I just tell you, God is up to something. He's about to pour out joy. He's about to pour out peace. He's about to pour out mercy like you've never experienced before. Now, some of you over here might be saying, I want that word. And some of you here might be saying, I want this word. Can I tell you, everything I just said over each section is true for everybody. You just got to reach out and claim it. You just got to reach out and appropriate it. When God speaks to you by his spirit, when God speaks to you through his word, when he's speaks to you through some anointed guy from Arizona, um, you just claim what God says. You just take a hold of what God says. Because I want to tell you, God is up to something. Psalm 18 describes the fact that God bows the heavens and comes down and he's covered his covering is dark clouds why so that at the right moment those dark clouds can part and God can shoot forth arrows God can shoot forth the word out of his mouth and rout the enemy that is coming against God's people church God is up to something and I want to be right in the middle of what he is up to I don't want to miss it I don't want to be uh, my attention and my focus to be on something else I want to be right in the middle of what God is doing amen and Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that these, these things that we're facing, he calls them light and momentary. Now, if anybody had the right to say that what we go through is light and momentary, it would be Paul. Because like I told the 8 o'clock service, when's the last time one of us got drugged before a bunch of officials threatened to be beaten and actually whipped and beaten because we were preaching the gospel? When's the last time one of us got stoned and they thought we were dead? When's the last time one of us had to get high, you know, undercover and camouflage escape out of town before a riot started if anybody could say these light and momentary afflictions that we face uh, do not compare to the eternal glory that waits for us when we get to heaven it's paul and the thing that Paul's trying to get us to see is God is up to something, and what he's up to is something on the inside of us, an internal work on the inside of us that is eternal in value. That's why he says this, this body, this stuff going on around us that's temporary, it's wasting away and it's temporary. So we don't fix our eyes on the things that we can see because it's temporary. We fix our eyes. We fix our focus. We fix our attention on the things that are unseen because they are eternal. Paul tells us in another passage, Colossians 3, 2, he says, fix your eyes, fix your attention, fix your emotions, fix your heart on things above, not on things below. So my message to you this morning is God is up to something. God is wanting you to encounter him. God is wanting you to experience a new level of his presence, a new level of his anointing this morning. Why? Because 
Paul, uh, Joel said it and Peter quoted it. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men shall see visions. I think it's time for some young men in the house to begin to say, God, give me a vision. God, give me vision for what you want to do. God, give me vision for my life. Give me vision for my future. I don't want to just do status quo. I don't want to do just do what, what uh, the family's always done. But God, I want vision from you. And it says, some, and the old men will dream dreams. Well, I'll be 50 years old in February. Now, 50 is not what I thought it would be. I'm thankful I'm not 20 because I made a lot of mistakes. Some of those years, 20, 23, 25, 28, those were the dumb years. Now, those of you that are that age, I didn't say they were your dumb years. I said they were my dumb years. Okay? But I'm going to be 50 in February. So I, I'm, I, and God has been giving me dreams lately. So I'm thinking, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Because it says the old men will dream dreams. But you know what? It's time some of the, it's time some of the, some of the saints of God, some of you men of God rise up, begin asking God for dreams again. Begin asking God to give you dreams of how he wants to use you in these last days, how he wants to use you to inspire the generation coming up behind you. It's time we started prophesying. He said, upon my men servant and my maiden servants, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. What's prophesying? Just telling what, telling, speaking what God's done for you, speaking the word of God, declaring the word of God. It's about time we start seeing it. And God is up to something and he's stirring his church and he's stirring KC Wasilla because this city needs to be saved. This state needs to be saved. I'm praying God save Flagstaff. God save Northern Arizona. God reach Northern Arizona University and they use us to do it. God's up to something, church. And what he's wanting to do is internal in us. Now, there's nothing wrong with, with focusing on some of the external things as long as it's not our main focus. One of our core values of our church, you know, when you relaunch a church, when you change its name, you know, you want to make sure the vision is cast. And we're a reaching, restoring, and reviving church. But then we have what we call some of our core values. And one of them is a spirit of excellence. Because excellence attracts people and honors God. So we do need to be people of excellence, but we got to keep the focus on what Scripture tells us and what the Holy Spirit is telling us. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we behold him, if we look at the author and finisher of our faith, then we're going to live in excellence. We're going to walk in excellence. We're going to function in excellence, and it's going to be honoring to him, and it's going to attract people. But I want you to know this morning we need an encounter with God. In fact, you, we need a close encounter with God. An encounter that so radically changes us. An encounter that when we have that and we come away from that initial close encounter, nothing else will satisfy. We got to go back to that place. We got to come near him again. We got to be back in his presence again. The book of Isaiah chapter 6. Oh, I'm going to try to go through this quick. You might have to come back for the next service to hear the end of it. Isaiah 6, 1 through 9 says, It was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was seated on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And they were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth was filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundation, and, their enti and the entire building was filled with smoke. Verse 5, then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed, for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. 
Then one of the seraphim flew with a burning coal which he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs and he touched my lips with it and said, see this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Verse 8, then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. And he said, verse 9, yes, go and say to this people, listen carefully, but do not understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. What I just read to you from the book of Isaiah is, is, is called or classified as the call of Isaiah. Can I tell you that when God spoke to Isaiah, when God spoke to him and Isaiah answered the call, it was because Isaiah had a close encounter, a close personal, up close and personal encounter with the presence of the living God. When you look at this, when you break this down, when you take a look and examine at the, at the call of Isaiah, we see the very first thing that Isaiah did was he looked up. If you do a little background study of Isaiah, and, and you can just, you can trust me on this and you can check it out, and if, you, if I'm wrong, you can come and tell me. But if you do a little study on this, Isaiah, historians say, was from a wealthy Jewish family. He was well-educated. He would be considered what I would say is like a statesman. He, he came from a well-to-do family. Isaiah was familiar with the, with the ruling court. He was familiar with um, the king of, of Israel. And King Uzziah died. Now the, now the nation, there was going to be a little bit of turmoil. Who's going to be the next leader? Because if you look at Israel's history, they would have good kings, and then they would have bad kings, and then they would have really bad kings. And, and sometimes they never knew. You know, kings, they, you know, it's, it's the king dies and his son uh, succeeds him. Or somebody else comes in and tries to overthrow. And so Uzziah had died. And Isaiah was in the right place at a time of national turmoil, in a time when there was wonder of what was going to happen with the nation. He was in the temple. And he was there to pray. But it's interesting. Isaiah didn't have his eyes down. He wasn't looking at the ground. He wasn't weighed down by the cares. He was concerned. He knew. He, he was familiar with the court and the palace. And he was known in the palace. And he, but he was, and he was concerned. But he wasn't letting that concern cause him to be downcast. And wondering, oh, what's going to happen? Listen, we live in a world of uncertainty. The only hope, the only guarantee, the only promise we have is found in God through His Son Jesus, uh, sparked and birthed in us by the power of the Holy Spirit from the Word of God. Everything else, you know, it's, un it's uncertain times. And the last thing that you and I as people of God need to do is hang our head and say, woe is me. I don't know what's going to happen. I wonder if God knows what's going to happen. Who's going to be our next leader? Who's going to be our next governor? What's going to happen? Oh, God, is what's happening in the Middle East? Is it going to come to our nation? God, are we going to begin to see persecution? Oh, this and that. And we keep our eyes down and we get worried and bogged down by all the cares of life. We need to be like Isaiah. If if you want to have a close encounter with God, get your eyes up. I look, lift my eyes up unto the hills where my help comes from. Isaiah lifted up his eyes and he saw the Lord. He saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw the presence of God fill the temple. You can substitute the word temple and put in that place of that word your house, your living room your cubicle, 
your station at work, your work vehicle, wherever you can when you get your eyes on the lord when you lift your eyes up to 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 the look upon the and gaze upon his beauty david said one thing i have desired and one thing i seek that i may dwell in your house your presence and behold you in your glory when we do that we begin to encounter God in an up-close and personal way. And we begin to see his presence everywhere. We begin to see his presence fill our homes. We begin to see, you want to see your children who aren't saved, saved? Don't, don't put bow your head in worry. Don't bow your head in discouragement. Lift your eyes up to the Lord. Begin to seek the Lord. Begin to seek him and you'll see the presence of the Lord invade your home. You'll begin to see the presence of the Lord invade their bedroom. Now, all of my kids have a praying mama. She prays in the Holy Ghost while she's cleaning the house. She's pray, she's, I've, I've heard her pray in the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues while she's fussing at one of them because they didn't do something right. And there are times that God will tell my wife certain things and she'll go to one of the kids and say, okay, either give it here or fess up to it. And they're like, what are you talking about? And they've learned not to say that anymore. They've learned to go, Holy Spirit told you, didn't he? And she says, uh-huh, they did. he did. I remember one time, Zach, who's our oldest, he's, he and his wife Mandy served as youth ministers here uh, when we were on staff. At one time, he, uh, he came to, to Jan, and he was a little bit worried. And, and she said, what's wrong? And he said, you don't know? And she said, no, should I? He said, oh, I'm more scared now than I was before. You always know. The Holy Spirit always tells you what's going on. And you always come and call me on it. And you don't know what's going on. I'm scared. Mama, pray. <laughs> when you and I can learn to get our eyes off of our circumstances, when you and I learn, can learn to get our eyes off of the storm, because you know what? It doesn't say if storms will come it's when storms will come when the trying of our faith when the testing of our faith comes it comes to produce in us that perfect will of God but we got to keep our eyes on him Peter got out of the boat and was walking on the water there were winds there were waves there was a storm going on it wasn't until he got his eyes off Jesus and saw the circumstances that his faith began to fail him so you want to have a close encounter with the Lord because God, I'm telling you, church, God is up to something. The Holy Spirit is wanting to work something in us, internal, uh, that is eternal. Get your eyes off your circumstances and do like Isaiah. Get your eyes on the Lord. So the first thing Isaiah did was he looked up. The second thing Isaiah did after he looked up was he looked in. Because when he saw the Lord high and lifted up and he saw God in all his holiness, he recognized sin in his heart and in his life. And that's really the way it is. The closer we get to God, the more we will recognize our own. The closer we get to his perfection, the closer we get to his awesomeness, the closer we get to his glory, the more we'll understand our imperfection. And Isaiah took a look inside. And you know what? If we never repent if we never say lord i'm sorry if we never feel the weight of our own sinfulness the lord's been challenging me as a pastor as somebody that's trying to see a city saved as somebody that's trying to live the truth and preach the truth and proclaim the truth in the only way i know how 
the Lord's been the Lord's been dealing with me and 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 saying you know having somebody say the sinner's prayer is great I had somebody say where's the sinner's prayer in the Bible it, it it's not you don't you don't quote it from the Bible and I'm not shocked I hope I'm not shocking anybody but the sinner's prayer is not recorded in Scripture it says it says with our mouth we believe with our heart we believe and with our mouth we confess that's where we get the basis for what we call the sinner's prayer. But a lot of times we can do sinner's prayer and people pray it and they mean it at the moment, but then there's no fruit of repentance. There's no evidence that there was a change. There's, it's just, it's just a, you know, they said a prayer at the moment, but then they continue because they didn't encounter the Lord. Because I want to tell you, when you encounter the Lord, when you look upon him, when you see him and you see how awesome he is and his presence begins to saturate and invade your life, he'll begin to shine a light on some areas. He'll begin to, he'll begin to put a finger on some things. Now, we want the Lord to bless us, and the Lord wants to bless us. And you know why he wants to bless us? So the people, can, uh, the people that don't know him can look and go, man, there's something about that God they serve. They're blessed. They're whole. They're healed. They're prospering. But, the, but God also wants to work on our imperfections. God also wants to deal, on the, deal with us on the inside, changing us, making us into his image. And a lot of times we're like, God, send the blessing. And God says, I'll send the blessing, but we got to deal with this area first. Oh, I don't want to deal with that area, Lord. I'd rather talk about this. Lord, can we talk, Lord, can we talk about this for now? God, God, can we, can we have, tell me, tell me again, uh, you know, the goodness of the Lord. And the Lord says, I am good. And because I'm good, I don't want to leave you like you are. I'm just making it plain. And see, when we want to, if we want a close encounter with God, that's going to radically change us. If we, if we desire to be so close to God that people look at us and they don't see us anymore, they see him. Then we're going to have to not only look up and fix our eyes on him, we're going to have to look inside and be willing. David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and see if there's any wicked thing in me. I have entered the world of Twitter. Can I caution you? Be careful when you put a hashtag. Because I, I, I posted something on our church's Twitter. And it wasn't original. Ray Comfort, who's a minister from New Zealand and uh, is really powerful in personal evangelism, he made this statement. He said, let me see if I can get it right, because I, tw I, I, I tweeted it. An atheist doesn't seek after God for the same reason that thieves don't go to the police station. They're not looking for them. So I, I thought, man, that's, that's good. So I, I tweeted it, and I put a hashtag. See, in my ignorance, I didn't know what, ha I thought hashtags were just these cool little things. I didn't know that when you put a hashtag, people search for hashtags, and then they look and see what tweets. Man, I got... I got, so, you know, I'm like, because I tweeted and I said, not, a, not original, but true, come meet God on Sunday morning at Breath of Life Church. Hashtag, I forget what the hashtag was. I got all kind of responses to my tweet. I mean, it was like atheists from everywhere decided to come after me. And my son, Zach, was the one that got me on Twitter. And I said, what happened? He said, don't do hashtags and definitely don't get into a Twitter war. 
And I'm like, okay. But see, trust me, you don't want to, you, you got to be careful on what you put on social media. Back to my message. We just, we just took a rabbit trail there. Back to my message. Isaiah, Isaiah wanted, an, uh, he needed a close encounter with God. And, and through his call, it speaks to us of how we can have a close encounter with God. When we take an inward look, we then begin to take responsibility for our sin. When you take an inward look after you've seen the glory of God, when you take an inward look and you really get impacted, you really, there's fruit of repentance. You're sorry for your sin. You recognize where you are. Isaiah said, man, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people who are unclean. I'm done. I'm doomed. He is so awesome, and I'm so unawesome. Too many times we don't talk to people about, we, we need to tell them about the love of Jesus. We need to tell them he'll forgive every sin. We need to tell people that they can get accepted as they are because God accepts us like we are, but he doesn't want us to stay that way. And if there's no change, if there's no marked difference, if there's no signs and fruits of repentance like Isaiah had when he encountered God, then I'm thinking maybe we need to go back and encounter God all over again. And he said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. When we encounter God like that, when we begin to see the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us, it's not a matter of we say, well, I'm a man of unclean lips because she did that. Or I, I'm, I'm dealing and struggling right now, God, with that because those people don't recognize who I am. They don't understand the gifts I have. They're not, you know. No, when we encounter the power and the awesomeness and the majestic God of the universe who cares about us, who knows us on the DNA level, who knows the numbers of hairs on our head or those that we're missing, when we encounter him for how awesome he is, we won't be pointing a finger at anybody else. We'll be allowing the Holy Spirit to lay his finger on us. And then we say like Isaiah, woe is me. And I love God's response because it shows God's heart towards those that are repentant. It says one of the angels, one of the attending seraphim who are describing glory, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, says he takes a pair of tongs and goes to the altar. The altar represents sacrifice. The altar represents the place where we go to die. That was the end result for what was being sacrificed, death. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself as a living sacrifice. Is that a contradiction or an oxymoron? No. It means that every day, every morning when we make up, God, I'm yours. I place myself on the altar of me. I sacrifice my will. I sacrifice my desire. I sacrifice everything about me so that I can be everything for you. It says that the angel, the seraphim, took the coal off the altar and came and touched his lips. The fire of God is a refining fire. The fire of God is a purifying fire. God wants to purify and refine each and every one of us. He wants to burn out anything that is unpleasing uh, before him. He wants to burn out anything that is like the world and not like him out of us. And if we allow him to, if we will seek a close encounter, a personal encounter with him, then he'll simply do that when we say, like Isaiah did, God God, I'm undone. You're awesome and I'm not. I'm humbling myself before you. 
The Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God will come and he'll bring the fire of the Holy Spirit to touch our lives and to, to purify us. And the third thing Isaiah did, and it's the third key for us to have a close encounter, a personal encounter, an on-fire, life-changing encounter, is not only did he look up, and not only did he look in, but then he looked out. When you and I have an encounter with God uh, that changes us forever, when you and I have an encounter with God and we're never the same, when God speaks your name. I shared with the, the 8 o'clock service, Danny and I went fishing yesterday. Now I'm, I'm in sore need of some salmon. So if any, and I got time tomorrow, so if any of you know the hot spot of where they're running, let me know. Because my wife is like, please bring back some fresh salmon. Danny and I went yesterday and got some rainbow, but no salmon. But before we went, we went to Fred Meyer to, to pick up a few supplies and snacks and stuff. And we're, we're, I'm letting him kind of pick some things. And, and a, one of the workers walks by, and I think her name was Lisa. I called her by name because of her name tag, and I think it was Lisa. And she said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing great. Lisa, how are you doing today? She stopped for a minute. She's like, how do you know my name? And I went, it's on your it's on your shirt. She went, oh, yeah, that's right. So then we talked for just a little bit. I just was trying to be nice and pleasant and let the love of Jesus shine through because everybody expects everybody to be mean and cranky. Nobody expects anybody to be nice because that's just how we've, what, what we've settled for. So when she walked away, Danny said, who's that? I said, well, that's Lisa. She works here. He said, you know her? I said, no. He's like, I'm like, I just learned a long time ago people like to hear their name. So every opportunity I have, I'm going to, if I, if, if I'm, even if I've never met them, if I, they're wearing a name tag, I'm going to call them by name and address them by name because it automatically brings the walls of defense down. When God calls your name, when you hear the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Lord of glory, speak your name, you will never be the same. You will have an encounter with the Lord. And you get your eyes on him, and then you get your eyes on you, and then you get your eyes looking outward. God said to Isaiah, who will go? Whom can I send? And because Isaiah had an encounter with the Lord that radically changed him, he was well-educated, well-respected, came from a well-respected, uh, politically known family in Israel at that time. And God said, who will go? And Isaiah said, I will go. Because I have beheld you in your glory, and you have forgiven my iniquities. You have cleansed me. You have, have delivered and changed me. So I will go, and I will tell whatever you tell me to say. It's interesting. It's interesting God used Isaiah to speak to heathen kings. Under the reign of Manasseh, Isaiah was martyred for being a prophet. He was sawn in half. But he had encountered God to such a way that he was never going to be the same and he couldn't go back to doing what he used to do. And he couldn't go back to just being accepted and, and, and letting his, the favor and the wealth and, the, and the, the, the reputation be what carried him. He had to go. And he had to declare to, to kings and to foreign dignitaries and to the common people the word of God because he had an encounter with God. Church, I'm telling you, God is up to something. God is wanting to work something in you and I that's internal to us that will hold eternal value. And we've got to get our eyes off of the temporary. That can't be our main focus. We've got to get our eyes off of 
the goodness of ourselves. He is the only one good, and he is what makes us good. Micah, would you come, please? I want you to know something, church. I'm excited about what God is doing through Casey Wasilla. I'm excited about what God is doing through Breath of Life Church in Flagstaff. I'm excited about the days ahead. Aren't you worried, Pastor? We have a talk radio show, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this over, back over to Pastor Karen in just a second. And then I'm going to come, and, and, and after she's done, I'm going to come back and, and just give an opportunity to pray, pray for you real quick. We have a talk radio show uh, dedicated to, to talk. And it's, I'm going to throw out some names. Don't, don't judge me because I throw out these names, okay? Uh, Rush Limbaugh, and, and uh, um, uh, he's, I, I always forget his name. He's Mormon. Um, yeah, Glenn Beck, all this. For, for a little while, I was listening to that, and I was finding myself getting real agitated. I was finding myself getting real irritated because there was a lot of, you know, there was truth in some of what they're saying. Yeah, there is political corruption. Yeah, there is why that decision and, oh, that cover-up and this and that. And I was finding myself getting agitated and irritated, and, and my focus was getting off, and one day the Holy Spirit said, stop it. He said, stop it. That's not what I called you to do. I called you to gaze upon me. I called you to sit at my feet and, and let me teach you my word and let my word become alive in you so that when people are hurting and you encounter them because you've been in my presence and you've encountered me, you have something to offer to them that will last for eternity. I want to encourage you, KC Wasilla family, seek the Lord. Get your eyes off of whatever is distracting you from his presence and his word and get your eyes on him. And then as your eyes are on him, as he begins to shine the light and begins to say, okay, let's take an honest look at your weaknesses, as your areas of sin. We call them habits. We call them mistakes. It's sin. Let me forgive you and cleanse you as you repent. And then let me give you my eyes to see. The harvest field, the hurting, the lost, the broken, the bruised that need the message of the love of Jesus. Amen. It's a good word, Pastor Barry. Ushers, would you come? We're going to take a moment to take a love offering for... Pastor Barry, if you'd like to participate, if you could just raise your hand up. Want to sow seed into their family and the good things that God's doing in Flagstaff, contending for the state over there. Get to bring your family back here in October so we can love on them. Amen. Praise God. take a moment to pray for them. Lord, I thank you so much for Pastor Barry and Pastor Jan and their, each and every one of their children and grandchildren. And I thank you for Breath of Life, Flagstaff. And Lord, we are asking and agreeing, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit in great measure in that area and souls would be saved. You'd bring in a great harvest. Lord, the lost, the broken, the hurting. Lord, you'd raise up just an army of, of faithful and loyal and trustworthy and fruitful leaders, people to come and hold up their arms as they labor in your vineyard there, God. 
Lord, touch and bless each and every one of his family members, their children, grandkids. Bless the Haggerty family, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want more of you, God. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. Yes, I want more of you, God. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more. Set a fire down in my yes, soul that I can't yes, control. Holy Spirit, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. Yes, I want more of you, God. If that's your prayer this morning, as we are going to conclude this service, would you lift both hands up to the Lord right now? I'm going to pray a simple prayer. If you mean what you say, if you want more of God, then you receive what the Lord does or says or speaks or however he manifests his, his presence on you right now. God, we come before you with lifted hands. Lord, like Isaiah, after he encountered you, we're saying, here I am, Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my iniquities. Forgive me of my transgressions before you, Lord. Cleanse me with the fire of your Holy Spirit because, Lord, I want more of you. Use me. Set me on fire. Set me on fire for you, God. Do it right now, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More fire, God. Do it now, Lord. Hallelujah. fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. We receive it, Lord. I want more of you. Father, as we leave this place, may we leave not the way we came in, but may we leave, Lord God, with the beginnings of a close encounter that will radically change our lives, that will cause people that know us to look at us and say, there's something different about you. I don't know what you've been doing, but it sure made a change in you. God, I pray that for each person this morning. Lord, I pray blessing upon this house. I pray healing upon this house. I pray miracles upon your sons and daughters in this house this morning. Go with us as they, as they leave this place. Bring them back, Lord God. 
for either the next service or the service tonight, Lord. But even as they go, let them go forth with shouts of joy and rejoicing in their heart, God. In your name, amen and amen. If you need special prayer, we got another service starting in about 25 minutes. But if you need special prayer, I'm willing to stay and pray with you about something. I encourage you to be back tonight. We're going to minister the word. We're going to believe for healings and miracles in the house. God bless you. Amen. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.